everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, our run Apple Sources minor league podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin. How you guys doing? Doing okay. Good, good. How about yourself? Not bad. Been better, but... Did you all survive the flood? Well, I guess Ken wasn't in the... Wasn't getting flooded out, but Steve, did no. you survive the flood? Yeah, I had no real problems. My neighbors, my neighbors had some flooding, um, but I'm good. Couple, my. whenever it was like two years ago, uh, with that hurricane that like caused deaths and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we had a uh, a pump installed in our basement. So when it starts Smart. to like, yeah, yeah, so that saved us this time, I guess. Yeah, I did something similar way back when with first Sandy and Irene. Yeah, global warming sucks. Yeah, yeah, climate's fine. My uh, <laughs> my office basically told us to go home around like eleven. It's like uh, this, this Midtown is going to be underwater. Leave. It was. <sighs> All right. Um. So promote extend trade. And uh, Peanuts debuted on today's date back in 1950, the Charles Schultz comic book. And obviously there's no evidence to substantiate this, but 100% Charlie Brown is a Mets fan, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, who are we? He's snakebitten, he has everything wrong with him. I mean, the Mets being a Met fan in general is just that single scene where Lucy yanks the football away, and yet we keep coming back. Like, it's, <laughs> yep, it's exactly, very exactly. And I and because also Charlie Brown is like a big baseball person, he would also fit on the Mets. I, I found some Charlie Brown baseball facts here. So apparently, uh, the team that he plays on, they lost six hundred to nothing once. That sounds very Metsian. <sighs> Okay. Um, apparently, once Peppermint Patty in one game hit five home runs, and she pitched a no hitter, but the team still lost thirty-seven to five. Also, very Metsian. So, did she just never throw a strike, or I, I don't know. It didn't go into detail. Um, here's another Charlie Brown baseball fact: in 1960, his team committed 300 errors on the season. Very Metzian. Um, their regular short fielding error. Do you have to make to get charged with an error in Little League? I don't know, but well, here's 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 some things about here here's just this personifies their fielding, I guess. Snoopy is their regular shortstop, and he falls asleep during games, and he can only catch. He can't throw the ball, so that that's problematic. No, exactly. So I feel like thumbs are important for baseball. Why exactly. Don't, why don't they have him playing first base? I thought you'd think that, but I don't know. He's the only guy who has the range for short. But if he, yeah, it doesn't point. matter if he gets to the ball if he can't do it. <laughs> this is this is a very Derek Jeter situation here, honestly. Uh, or like a reverse <laughs> Derek Jeter, I guess. Um, here's another problematic thing with this team. Their their third baseman is Pigpen, and he's so dirty. That he has like a dirt cloud around him, so mm-hmm. when he's up at bat, he can't actually see the pitch. So that's not good. Maybe the umpire can't see the strike zone, and everything right. just gets called a ball. I could see some three-dimensional chess being played here. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it makes it hard to play baseball when you're so dirty that you have a dirt cloud around you. Yeah, probably. But all of that aside, um, so what fictional Met fans are we going to promote, extend, or trade here? First, we have Stewie Griffin. Then we have Apu. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Mm-hmm. And then we have Peter Parker. I mean, Peter Parker's got to be the extend, right? I would, I would, I would put him in that category. Yes. I'm trading Stewie Griffin because uh, personally, I think Family Guy is among the dumbest shows to ever be on <laughs> TV. True. But is he more of a fan than a poo? I feel like a poo is just trying to use the Mets for citizenship. How do we know? How do we know that Stewie's actually a fan? Aside from that, literally the one seg, uh, the one non sequitur where he's like, "And the season's over." Like <laughs> that's, that's literally the only scene. That's that's all I got going. That's all I could find. I didn't want to pick like you know three different Marvel superheroes because I feel like that's kind of redundant. I wanted some uh, different perspectives here and. Yeah, there's not as many uh, fictitious Mets fans out there as I thought there would be. Maybe that should tell us something. Mm. But the ones that are out there, I mean, you have Peter Parker, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Like those Steve are the ones Rogers that. Rogers is a Dodgers fan, though. Right. Well, the Dodgers haven't existed since you know since before he went into ice. Hmm. I guess we never clarified what. Does he pick up a new team? Does he root for L.A.? He, uh. he he does root for the Mets because he roots for the underdog. So Okay. All right. Fair. We know he's not going to be a Yankee fan. He doesn't like bullies. No. We, that's If if there's anything is certain, it's that he's not going to be a Yankee fan. But, yeah, in, in terms of uh, Stewie's, all I can say is that there's that one non-sequitur – he was at opening day, so mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's. Hey, I've never been at opening day, so he's a bigger fan than me, I guess. Right, maybe. Who knows? And if anyone would do a stat-centric Mets podcast, it would be Stewie Griffin, and not Lucas. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, let's move on now to the Mets minor league system which is what we are here to talk about. It's actually over. Yeah, I'm sure everyone is aware. The Binghamton Rumble Plonies paid the uh, Erie Seawolves in the Eastern League Championship Series uh, this past week. And unfortunately, um, you know, you can probably tell by the somber tone that we have here, things did not go too well. Binghamton unfortunately lost. And with that loss, the Binghamton season is over. And the Mets minor league season as a whole, is over. Uh, the first game of the series, Erie won that one 9-6. to six. Uh, The Ponies took an early lead, but Blade Tidwell kind of coughed it up in the middle innings uh, to give the Seawolves the lead. Benito Garcia, reliever, he gave up a few more runs. And Binghamton did rally. Uh, Drew Gilbert tied the game with a big home run, but then immediately Yoan de Suarez gave it up. And then reliever Wilkin Ramos gave up a few more runs after him, and Binghamton was just never able to uh, catch up. And then in the second game, uh, it was just a complete blowout. It was a complete disaster. They lost 10 nothing. Not 
Not what you want to see. Just Christian, more all around. Yeah. Who, uh, who pitched in the second one? Christian Scott. He started uh, the game. You figured, you know, he's having a good good season. You figured Binghamton might have a chance with him on the mounds, but nope. He got touched up for basically three runs in, in the first inning. Uh, a couple of innings later, Luis Moreno, he came in. He gave up three innings. Excuse me. He gave up three runs in an inning. A couple of relievers gave up a few runs. It just wasn't good but but realistically it didn't matter because you know um the Seawolves pitcher Brant Herter was throwing a shutout uh seven scoreless seven scoreless innings he threw and I kind of downplayed him last week but you know he was a Eastern League all-star he was a Detroit organizational all-star so you know he had a good season and he just shoved and that's unfortunately it. That's the end of the Binghamton season. It's the end of the Mets minor league season. So we're going to do individual reviews of all the teams and all the players and whatever else in, in the upcoming next couple of weeks. But just as, you know, like a, a general question, um, what do you guys think of, of the 2023 season? Like on a scale of one to 10 or something, how would you grade this year in terms of you know the Mets minor league system um how the teams did just kind of everything your general feelings on on the year i mean i i have to say just just looking at where we are now as compared to where we were uh a year ago you know on October 1st, 2022, the system is a million times stronger. It's a million times deeper. You know, all of those trades. Just generally more interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to have uh, relative unknowns in, you know, the top 10. I don't get of, to shove Matt Rudick in my top 10. I'm very sad about this. Right, I mean... Not that, you know, he, he had a great season. He was deserving of climbing up the, you know, going from a nobody to a somebody. But, you know, uh, if he had that kind of season last year, maybe we're talking about him being in the top 10. In, you know, 5-5-2. Five, five, no, I don't think there's that. any question. You transplant yeah. Matt Rudick's season back a year, top 10 prospect in the system, easy. Yeah. This year, not so much because just guys developed, you know, say what we have to say about Ron Mauricio, but he had a he had the best season of his career. I mean, Mark. Go on. Well, I'm just saying, like, like it was was it objectively like great? No, it was solid. It was slightly above average, whatever, but. He's never had a season like this before in the past. Um, you know, Mark Viento, same thing. Like he's he had a objectively good season. Uh, who else? You know, guys guys took major steps forwards, and very few guys took major steps backward. And we had a ton of high level talent traded into the system and a ton of low level talent that you can see the potential there infused into the system. 
and it is just a complete 180 from where we were last year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you do have to segregate this a little bit by hitters and pitchers. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot, and it's been kind of our refrain that that they need to improve their development processes. And on the hitting side, it still seems like they've got a ways to go, right? Like, that was really good. Ronnie Mauricio put up a, a nice line, but was barely above league average in AAA, where the game was being played on the moon. And Mirak Fientos killed AAA, but, I mean, all the same flaws remain. This, while we're seeing similar flaws exist with Francisco Alvarez and, and Brett Beatty to varying extents. So... I don't know that they've actually, um, like the hitting development, I still have a lot of questions about. Pitching development, it seems like they've actually made some strides, and now they're turn, like they're not the Dodgers, they're not the Rays, they're not the Guardians, they're not done yet. But to your point, suddenly we have a, 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 a bevy makes it sound like too many, an interesting group of arms. Um, all of whom have taken significant steps forward. Like they didn't invest a ton of draft capital in any of Tidwell, Vassal, Scott, Hamill. These are all mid-round picks um, who are who have improved who improved this year and look like actual dudes. Um, you could say the same thing about Nate Lavender or Paul Gervas, Gervais, Gervasi, whatever. Gervais, Gervais. Gervais as relievers, like. There were some gains here on the pitching side. Now, can they do this consistently? That remains to be seen, but that they've never done that in the past. So that that to me is the most encouraging thing that they seem to have like actually implemented some improvements on the pitching development side. And hopefully that's not just a one year mirage. Hopefully Stearns continues to expand on that and then they can leverage that on the hitting side as well. Like that's that's the next step. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, the the hitting philosophies and hitting instructors and people involved um, problematic in terms. I mean, of, they hired a bunch of new guys, and it, what what are they doing? I I don't know. Right, it's they also fired a bunch of guys right at the end of the season. <laughs> That's also that's also um you know you brought up David Stearns and that's going to be adding a new dynamic to things. Unquestionably, I think he has a good record in terms of running a organization and you know from top to bottom minor league system to graduating guys to the major leagues, um you know properly identifying guys to trade guys to trade for and and who to you know give up to acquire assets i mean the brewers the brewers probably have and who knows whether it's actually underrated or if i'm just saying oh this guy this is underrated it's not anyway like i the brewers have maybe the most underrated pitching development pipeline in baseball at this point and their hitters, while they've not been as successful there, their hitters sure as fuck lift the ball. <laughs> like the, they do not have the problems the Mets have. Um, so what is what is the biggest flaw of every single Mets hitter, except maybe Francisco Alvarez? He hits the ball on the ground too much too. Yeah, no, that is a good point. You only see the highlights of the home runs, but 
average is pretty low. The ground ball rate is pretty high. But yeah, I mean it's it's consistently 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 too many balls are on the ground for everybody. And that yeah, that was not a Brewers problem. No. <clears throat> Speaking of, and this is an aside, Ken, you should absolutely victory lap this uh, Francisco Alvarez rookie season, since I think you were one of the earliest guys on the highest guy on him, and he's oh, yeah, about. No, he was very good. Um, like, I mean, not without his struggles this year, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so modest. Look, he's, he's a 21-year-old catcher who posted a league average offensive line with obvious upside for more and, like, second-tier catcher defense. Like, he's not an elite defender, but high-end catcher defense. It's a 21-year-old. That's yep. really good. Yeah. Really good. Only up from here. Onward and upward. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, that's it's also pretty remarkable that the Mets system graduated Francisco Alvarez. I don't know off the top of my head if Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos have gotten into enough games and or at bats or whatever to like graduate off of prospect lists. I know Ronnie Maurice. Ronnie Maurice. For Jeff's sake, they have. (laughs) Though he's not doing the Mets list this year, but. But I mean, let's just say all all of those guys. Let's say that you know Beatty, Vientos, and Alvarez are all gone, and we'll still say that Mariso will qualify because he only got called up what the beginning of September, so something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he still will have his eligibility and everything like that. But the Mets are graduating a Rookie of the Year candidate. I don't know if he's actually going to get many votes or whatever, Alvarez, but he certainly played like a Rookie of the Year candidate. Um. You know, Beatty and Vientos were not the best, but, you know, this the potential and everything is like that is still there. And the system, so yeah, the system is losing those three guys, and yet it is universally considered so much better now than it was a few months ago. I think people also generally liked their draft. I'm... I think their draft was fine, but I think the among people who know it's generally well regarded, like they did a good job this year, even if most of the teams didn't win games. I mean, look, we, we talk about the records for these orgs and it's nice when they win, but ultimately that's not the point. I don't think. Right. It's wins and losses are, are nice and it's fun to see and and you know optimally there's obviously there's a correlation you know if your players are doing good then your team is going to do good as well in most cases Mm -hmm. but it is not the point of a developmental system the point of a developmental system is to develop guys to then perform at the major league level where it does you know quote-unquote count and they've They've had some, you know, success this year. It's going to uh, be. I mean, of course they they're only in this spot because they sucked and traded a lot of guys, but it's going to be a lot more interesting to do a top thirty this off season. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we've mentioned before, last year once we got past like 
six or seven, whatever it was, you're starting to like pull rabbits out of hats and you're just kind of picking guys based on like, okay, this guy has this guy has some power, so we like that. This guy is speedy, okay, great. This guy is a really good fast, well, okay, he's in. Now, I mean, you're gonna start to get to that point not at six, maybe not even at sixteen. Mm-hmm. And that's the minor league system. It's something we haven't seen in a while. I mean, this is something we've talked about. The Mets always have guys at the top. Now they have guys throughout. So it would seem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. I mean, obviously, it's way too early to be for any of us to have any kind of concrete top 25 list for next season there's Speak still for the, yourself steve well that's why i said concrete there's still the, the the there's still the afl season to go there's still mm. you know trades and whatever else but you can very easily let's see i just kind of started jotting down names one two three four five six seven 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. So I have a list of 32 players that none of them, I would say, are deep cuts. They're all guys that are big time, not big time names, but that are they're all names that like the casual Mets prospect watcher is going to know. They're not guys that I just picked randomly and like, you know, yeah, he had, you know, six at bats in DSL, but the scout said that he has extreme power or something like that. You know, these are all pretty common names. Last year we were <laughs> we were not doing that. Last year we were talking up uh Sarmiento and Joshua Baez. Yeah. Jesus Baez, what a what a short. Yeah, I say hey, Joshua, yeah, wrong wrong Baez. There are many biases. There are a lot of biases, unfortunately. That's <laughs> Baez. And if it wasn't for Javi Baez, we'd have more prospects in our system. But yeah, it's okay. I don't think Pete is. That, I don't think PCA is actually any good. But that trade still sucks. It does. <laughs> it's just the principle of it. Yeah, on don't trade. Don't do that. Bad, very, very bad process. I don't think we will see the Mets do something like that again. Hopefully. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun winter. It was a fun season. Are there any specific moments that stand out to you, like as a like, oh, this is like really cool? I'm trying to think of like individual games. Like I didn't go to a lot of games, not as many as I wanted to go to. I didn't really see anything. Uh, I, I, I mean, we, th- we think about the best guys in the system. I don't know that they had, like, standout. It's not like Jet had a three-homer game or something. Right, right. Or Scott threw – I mean, Suarez threw a no-hitter, but I don't I don't really care that much. Like, right, and it was, you know, nothing it, – it still counts, uh, you know, as much as any other no-hitter, but it was also, you know, a seven-inning no-hitter, whatever. Uh, just don't think he's a premium guy in the system. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. He's 
in secondary tier, maybe even tertiary tier. But yeah, I mean, maybe that might be mine just because there really weren't too many other super standout individual moments. Gilbert showing up and hitting a ball to fucking Mercury in his first game was pretty cool. Mm. And he hit that thing a ton. Clifford hit some just absurd home runs. Yes. Yeah, he's. <clears throat> I, I read somewhere last week, he's one of like seven teenagers in all of minor league baseball that had 20 or more home runs, which is, you know, definitely what you want to see. I mean, I, I like him a lot. The def- There's going to be defensive questions, but... Hey, I mean, that's... When, you're, when you have enough upside with the bat that it mitigates the questions with the defense, so be it. And he is the kind of guy that could potentially have provide enough offensive value that you say whatever to defense. Yep, and as we've seen, like defense can improve. We used to mm-hmm. there was we worried that Pete wouldn't be able to play first base, and now he's maybe a slightly above average first baseman defensively. Uh, who knows with first base defense? But like it can get to passable levels. Right. I mean, he's he he makes the routine plays. So that's all I want to see from a first baseman. Anything else is gravy because it's first base. But for a time. Even making the routine plays for Pete Alonso was kind of difficult sometimes. I mean, anything anything in the air was an adventure, I remember. Yeah, yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, guys, that's what the minor leagues are for. You have a problem, they identify this is your problem, this is how you fix it, fix it. And some guys do and some guys don't. And even, you know, same thing with his bat. They, they identified issues with his bat when he was drafted. He addressed it. They identified issues with his fielding. He addressed it. And look at him now. Hopefully signing an extension for me. Hey, the man. (laughs) I think they're going to pay him. I hope so. Not particularly worried about that, weirdly. Maybe that's naive. We'll see. Yeah, so uh, 2023 is over. It was... It was a season. It was a good season. Optimally would have ended with a Cyclones championship and a Binghamton championship, but, you know, you can't, uh, literally, you can't win them all. So it is what it is. It was it was an enjoyable year to do the recaps and everything like that. Oh, yeah. More so in the second half than the first half, but. Saying uh, not a ton of great names in the system, which I'll complain about. Like the the pun making ability and the the headlines a little down. I'm sure we can address this going forward. Um, I'll put in a note to Mr. Stearns and tell him to draft guys with cool names in the late rounds for our sake. As soon as as soon as Zebula and Vermillion went down with Tommy John, you knew that it was not. It's all going downhill. Exactly. Um, hmm. And I want to look up a list of just literally everyone in the system right now. How, how do I even do that? Let's see. Go to baseball reference. Let's go to the Mets. 
um, not the 40-man roster, but there should be a way to see everybody. Here we go. Minor league affiliates. And then we have everyone in the organization. Let's see. Wellington, Aracenia. Wellington is a good name. Yes, it is. It's very classy, it sounds like. Yes. Brehans Barreto. I don't know what kind of puns can be made there, but it's a good name. And we used to have Cannon and Hammer and just a little <laughs> little down in this regard. Yeah, no hammers. Zach Hammer got uh he got let go a few years ago, I think it was, and then the White Sox picked him up and he didn't go past the AFL. Let's see, I'm up to the G's here. And is checking Hernandez. every player in the system. I'm checking every player in the system. You know, this is something we do when we're really low on content. We we should make a top thirty on names alone. Oh, Khalil Lee. There's an old, there's a blast from the yeah, past. Get fucked, buddy. <laughs> Let's see. I'm up to the ends. I'm up to Nick Morbido here. It's really is a lack of. Yeah, I mean, I've identified a serious flaw with the system, you know? Yeah, no. Well, I guess in the next draft, we know how they need to draft. They say you should draft our best available player. Uh-huh. Best available <laughs> name. Best available name. And there's always some good ones, so. Leaderman Ruiz. Who who are these people? <laughs> He's in the uh, DSL. You're, you're you're making these people up. These are not real people. Freela Anderson, Sejas, again a DSL guy. I'm up to the T's, and there's still Steve is out here generating names for a Japanese baseball Nintendo game. I mean, this crispy. There's there's our old stalwart, crispy Valdez. He's still around. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. That's just all the hit. Anyone that's gotten um, at bats. Now we're up to the guys. Anyone that's thrown an inning. Peyton Battenfield. That's also a very classy sounding name. Yes, it is. He's a waiver wire pickup from the Guardians, who has like no stuff. Yeah, no, that's just like we need. We literally just need someone to like pitch. Well, if he's like your ninth starter, it's fine. Anthony K, of course, who Anthony is K not might be, might be good now, which is not, not allowed wild. A single, not allowed. Did not allow a single run in his entire Mets tenure. All three point one innings of them. Joey Lancelotti. That's a that's there a we go. Although I think he got released. I don't recall, but oh, no. <laughs> all right. We need we need to bring him back. Add an Arthur of some kind. Um, bring bring back Zach Muckenhern, of course. Yep, yep. Traded Muckenhern for Trevor Gott. Very effective trade Bobby Rossman he, he's been long gone but I'm up to the use it's just yeah 
And then, of course, Jimmy, Jimmy Yacobanus. He didn't pan out, unfortunately. Good no. bet. Yeah, that that's also something that the Mets did a lot this year. They were good, you know, good tries, you know, didn't work out. But you know what? I see what you wanted to do. And these are the kind of things that good teams, you know, take chances on, you know, mm-hmm. Jacobonuses, Stephen Ridings. Stephen Ridings, I think, might still be good. Um hmm. But yeah, so definitely next year they need to trade for. I mean, they need to uh, draft for name and punniness. All right, well that is the show this week. Um, you know, really not much to discuss. <laughs> the, the season, the season is over. Who did the Who did the Mets announce as players of the year? It's Jet and uh, Christian Scott, right? Jet and Scott, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the right answer. Um. I feel like Stewart might deserve more acknowledgement there. Not that I think he's good, but he had a really nice season for I purposes Stewart, of like a minor league per, player of the year award. Right. I think Stewart probably should have won pitcher of the year just because the, the number, you know, the shiny numbers, yes. the ERA was better. And that's the kind of thing that those kinds of awards are more predicated on. But you can't yeah. go wrong with Scott either. I mean, I think uh, Scott had like the number three ERA or something like that. You Scott know, was but, excellent. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah, yeah. And Jet, no brainer. Yeah, Jet was an obvious one. I mean, there are a couple. There are a couple other hitters who probably deserve mention. Like Luke Ritter was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Jet was absurd. Mhm. That's also something that we will do in the future. Is we'll we'll give our own. Uh, minor league awards or, you know, our top players and hitters and, and pitchers. But that is uh, something for another week. And if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to Queens at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I am at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at El three, four, three. Ken is at Ken eleven ninety one. And Thomas is at Sid Metzen S Z N. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review. And of course, we thank you for listening. And as a reminder, we are Patreon based. So if you like our podcast or any of the other ones that are in the Homer and Apple Network, you can subscribe for just five dollars a month. So we will be back next week. And until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.